We could not have Easter, which is the day where we celebrate new life, without Good Friday, right? We couldn't have Easter without his death and burial. And so, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. Now, this is a weird thing, because who knew that there was a right way to suffer? But there is. It's to suffer like Jesus suffered. And, and again, this suffering is specifically about suffering because we are living for him. Suffering because we have chosen to be faithful, even in the midst of a, a world that chooses not to be faithful, even in the midst of situations where it might be easier in our minds to take the easy way out, to take a shortcut, and yet we are following him and suffering ensues. This is not suffering that comes because at our own hands or because of our own disobedience, or whatever the case might be. Because uh, that, earlier we read, should, you should expect to receive some sort of uh, suffering or punishment for doing wrong. That just makes sense. But this is for people who are suffering because they are following him. Verse 22, continuing with Jesus' example. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Now, starting here in verse 22, because of the way that this is worded, the cadence of it, and because of the way, um, it, it, just the way it flows, a lot of people believe that this was an early hymn or a, a creed, something adopted by early Christians to memorize, to say about Jesus. And if you, if you listen to this, it's short, succinct statements. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he reviled, that's insulted. When he was insulted, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. You have been healed. Verse 25. For you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So what I want to do is to go back and look at this hymn or whatever it might be and look at it step by step. In verse 22, it says, he committed no sin. The whole reason why Jesus was able to die for us is because he had committed no sins. And just quickly, some of you might not know, what the gospel is. But the gospel is the good news of Jesus, and the good news of Jesus is this, is that God created us, and he created us to have a relationship with us. He gave us the ability whether to choose him or to not choose him. And Adam and Eve, the first humans, chose sin. They chose to not choose him. They chose to choose their own way, their own pride. And when they sinned, that caused the fall. That caused the separation between God and man. And God still loved man, but he also is just, and he had to punish them. And, he, and there was a separation that came between him and, and man, and that separation would last for eternity if something was not done. But thankfully, God loved us too much to leave it like that. And so, in, in the right time, he sent his son. And Jesus came, and he lived a life without sin. He committed no sin. And the Bible tells us that the reason that uh, there was a separation between God and Adam and Eve and between God and every man that was born after them is because the wages of sin is death. 
But thankfully, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus came, he lived a life without sin, and his crucifixion wasn't because he did something wrong or deserved to be punished. His crucifixion is because he said, I love these people so much that I'm willing to take their punishment for them. I don't want there to be a separation between God and people. And so I will go to the cross and all of the sins of all people, the Father, you can put those on me. And that's what Jesus did. And that's why the crucifixion is so horrible. Because not only did he die and suffer physically on a cross, but he suffered in every way imaginable. And our sins, all the sins that we ever have committed and will commit, were put on him. And he took that for us. And there was this transition, a transference, where in that moment, he got our sinfulness and we got his holiness. And when God looks at us, if we have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if we've become his, a follower of his, if he's our Lord, then he sees the righteousness of Jesus, not our sinfulness. And that's why this is so important to say that he committed no sin. Because if we are considered righteous, we can be in the presence of a righteous God. If we're considered righteous, if we are righteous through Christ, then we can one day go to heaven and not corrupt heaven like we've corrupted earth. And so it's important for us to have that righteousness. And so in looking to Jesus' example of suffering, he committed no sin Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, so when he was insulted, he got on Facebook and defended himself. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong book. No, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. This is important for us when we're suffering to suffer like Jesus. Now, let me say this. Um, if I, I think I'm a pretty good dude. I don't know, but I think I am. I, I mean, I think about it at night sometimes, and, uh, and that's just the way my brain works, and I think, I think I am, but here are my weaknesses, and, you know, I struggle with that. But let me tell you where I'm not good in any way, and it's one of my biggest weaknesses, is when it comes to suffering, I am the biggest baby you have ever seen. No offense to any of babies in here, but, uh, but man, do I cry and whine and complain, and why is this happening to me? And I, and I don't want to be that way, and God is still working that out in me, uh, but I am. But there is a way to suffer, and it's not the way that I usually suffer. It's the way that Christ suffered. We suffer, first of all, suffering is never fun. That's part of suffering right? Suffering isn't easy. That's part of suffering. And so it's not in us um, not minding suffering. We're always going to mind suffering. That's part of life. But it's in us having hope in the midst of suffering. It's us being able to trust that God has a bigger plan even in the midst of suffering. And that's what we have to do. 
And we have to trust that God is going to take care of it when people are insulting us, when people are attacking us. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus knew that God had a plan. He spent the night before his death in the garden praying, and he said, Lord, if if there's any other way, let this cup pass. This cup being his suffering, his death, his crucifixion. And if there's any other way for people to get saved, if there's any other way for us to accomplish this task, then please let it happen. But there was no other way because there is none righteous except Jesus. And so this is the way it had to be. And Jesus trusted the Father. And he went to the cross. And he couldn't have done that without complete trust in the Father. Look, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. When those people were abusing him, when they were beating him, when they were crucifying him, he entrusted them to the Father. And, and when he entrusted them, think of his attitude. Was it God give them what they deserve? It was God forgive them for they do not know what they do. And so when we suffer We need to try to suffer like Jesus suffered because we will suffer. Verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, as I was describing earlier. On the cross, our sins were put on him. All the sins of all the people who would ever have a relationship with him were placed on him. for For what purpose? That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. We as Christians have a responsibility to die to sin. We have a responsibility. Think of this baptism that we saw, right? Buried to sin. Raised to walk in, in a new life. We're dead to sin. We're not to keep sinning. Now, don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean that once we become a Christian, we don't sin anymore. It means that once we become a Christian, we should not sin anymore. It means that when we become a Christian, God gives us the ability to live in his freedom. And when it says here that we might die to sin, it couples that with and live to righteousness. We have an opportunity to be people who live lives who change the world. We have an opportunity to live each day to its fullest, to, to, to walk through life with our eyes open, looking for opportunities to love people. We have an opportunity to live life like Jesus lived his life. Think of all the people that Jesus loved and helped and healed. Think of all the people that Jesus hung out with that most people wouldn't. Think of the fact that, that Jesus was, in, was insulted, he was reviled, for hanging out with sinners. When's the last time that you outstanding Christian folks got insulted for hanging out with people you shouldn't have? If it's been a few years, that might not be good. We need to be loving people where they are, outside the walls of this church. Yes, let's love them when they come in. Yes, let's... let's Make sure that we're doing everything we can to show them that we truly do 
want them to come back. So for those of you who are guests here this morning, we really do want you to come back. You are welcome anytime. But let's make sure that we are loving outside of these walls. And let's have a vision for our community of how we can play a part in restoring it and helping it to be better than it's ever been before. What part can you play? What role can you play? What thing can you do? Let's look at our neighbors. How do they need our help? How do they need our love? Let's look at our lives and and let's evaluate the level of, of obedience that's in our lives or lack of obedience. Are there things that you're doing in your life that you know are sin? You're dead to that. You're alive to righteousness. Are there things that you know that you should do but you haven't done? Do them. Live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Even in the midst of suffering, we have to remember that ultimately, Christ has healed us. Ultimately, his death, his resurrection gives us hope. We have to remember that. We have to have faith in him. Because once, verse 25, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Thank God Jesus has saved us. We were all like sheep who had gone astray. If you, if you look at all the passages that, that Peter, definitely he's quoting Isaiah, but it also seems like either he's quoting Paul or Paul's quoting him. Because there's so many similarities in what is being said here. Or maybe this hymn or this psalm, uh, if, if this was a hymn that was going throughout, maybe it was common and so they're both quoting it. I don't know. But this is in agreement with other scripture. And this is in agreement with John chapter 10. This is in agreement with a lot of places where all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We're all looking to do our own thing. We're all looking to go in our own way. And those ways and those paths might lead to destruction. But thankfully, Jesus has come, and he is the good shepherd, and his sheep know his voice, and he calls to us, and he says, come unto me, all who are weary. He says to come to him for salvation. He says he is the way, the truth, and the life. He says no one comes to the Father except through him. These are all things that Jesus said. And if you hear the voice of the shepherd and the overseer, if you know in your soul that Jesus is who he says he is, he is worth following, that he can offer this salvation that is promised, then we can trust him. Um, I'm a terrible sufferer. I'm going to return to that in our conclusion here. I'm a terrible sufferer, and... um, but I'm always grateful after it's over with for the suffering that God has allowed in my life. Because God has a way of growing me closer to him through suffering in a way that nothing else matches. In a way that no a good thing helps mature me in that way. And I can look back at different times in my life where I felt alone, abandoned, in times in my life where I had no idea why God was allowing the things he was allowing in my life. I, look in, I can look back at times in my life 
when I, I'm not going to say I was completely hopeless, but I could see hopelessness from where I stood. And I look back on those times, and now, with a little bit of distance and a little retrospect, I can see how God was working in those things. Not just for my good, but for other people good around me. Others good around me. And, and I look at the fact that I don't know what God's plans are. My wisdom and my knowledge is limited. And when I'm going through suffering, it's hard to remember to look to Jesus. It's hard to, even with my wife sitting right there saying, uh, you know, this, God's got a plan. God's going to work all this out. I know, Rose, leave me alone. Okay, maybe it's not like that. But when you're in the midst of suffering, sometimes words of affirmation and words of encouragement don't help. When you're in the midst of the pit, sometimes the person holding the rope down to you, when it's an inch from you and you just can't grab it, it doesn't seem to help. Sometimes in the midst of suffering, there seems to be no help. But I'm here to tell you that there is help. And his name is Jesus. And that he can save to the uttermost. He can save as far as, as we need saving, he can save. But that doesn't spare us from suffering on this side of eternity. Because his ultimate salvation is still to come. His ultimate salvation will be once either we pass on to, to the next life or he returns. And right now, he's still in the process of using suffering in an incredible way for his glory. Does that mean that he is okay with the way that people treat you when they're treating you horribly? No. Does that mean that he's okay with the fact that you or someone you love is sick and battling some disease or, or ailment? No. It means that he loves us. He gave us a choice. We have made a lot of bad choices. Our choices led to the corruption of this world. And if we look around at our life, if you've lived long enough, you can look back and see how your bad choices have affected a lot of people. And he's not okay with their choices and he's not okay with our choices. But he sent his son to pay for those choices. He sent his son to pay the consequences of our actions. And he has done that. I wrote this when I was, uh, last night when I was studying and just looking over my sermon one last time. We cannot have Easter without suffering, the crucifixion. We cannot have resurrection, salvation in our life without suffering. We are not saved by our suffering. God saves us by grace through faith, but our salvation assures suffering in this life. God loves us too much to spare Jesus from the suffering he had to endure. And he loves us too much to spare us from suffering on this side of eternity. Because suffering is one of the main methods God uses to draw us to himself and make us into his image. Suffering might seem like a curse, but it was the avenue to our salvation, and it is the avenue to our resurrection. We will experience resurrection one day. Just as Jesus experienced new life, 
He promises us that new life in, in return. And so where are you this morning as we close? Where are you in your relationship with him? We're all in the midst of suffering it, to different degrees. Our, our bodies are slowly decaying, right? We're all in some matter of pain or broken relationships or whatever the case might be around us. Um, some of you in here have a blessed life. Some of you in here haven't experienced much suffering or great suffering. And that is a great thing to bless God for and to praise him for. But if you continue to live, if he delays in returning, you will experience suffering. We all do. Especially those of us who follow Jesus. Because when we follow him, we're called to be like him. And in order to be like him, we have to experience suffering. But here's the hope and here's the joy. Is that in that suffering, even though it's momentary, there will be glory. There will be reward. There, there are rewards on this side of eternity for the suffering that we go through. But in heaven, there will be no more pain. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more tears. There will, all, all that was wrong, all that was broken, God's going to redeem. He's going to restore. It's going to be unbelievable. And we know this. We read this in, in his word. But sometimes we lose sight of that between the suffering and the resurrection. Our resurrection. So, my encouragement to you this morning is this. If you're here and you have experienced suffering in your life, look to the Savior. Look to Jesus. Look to the cross. If you want to know an example of how to suffer, look to him. But you don't have to know just how to suffer. You can know that one day this suffering will come to an end. You can put your hope in him. All of us go through different things, and I don't know where you are this morning. But you know, and God knows. And maybe you're one of the people like, that I mentioned earlier that feels like they're in the midst of a pit right now, yelling for help, and you see no help coming. If you need me to pray for you this morning, I'll be right down here, and I would love to pray for you. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You've, you've been trying to make your own way. You're, you're one of those sheep that we mentioned earlier who's gone astray, which we've all been that sheep. And you haven't given your life to Christ. This morning, you can give your life to him. Maybe you're having a hard time being dead to sin. Maybe there are some sins that you're struggling with in your life. If you need to talk to me, I'm here. Or if you want to grab a friend, if, if you came with someone and you want to talk to them, we've got so many rooms in this church that you can go find one where there's nobody at and, and talk and pray. Or if you want to come to the altar and pray, you lead or you, you follow God in whatever way he's leading you and you respond to him. Let's pray.